2: My whole thing is personal development through creative storytelling. My whole thing is that if you teach through stories as opposed to prescriptive advice, you have to do this, you have to do that, you give the learner, who is you as a kid, the opportunity to make their own decisions, to make their own ultimate assessment of whatever it is you're trying to teach them, and that gives them a really great chance of the the autonomy to succeed on their own and really uh learn for themselves
1: how you day how you day that was the voice of jordan now jordan as you know some of you will know since he's a repeat guest is an amazing storyteller and he's a storyteller that likes to use fiction lessons to tell us about things that we could apply to our lives today parables if you will and for many of our religious folks you would have known that in sunday school parables were a mainstay but i, I always love having jordan on just because of the perspective that he brings to storytelling and just how he highlights the journey it's so important for us to really understand the journey he draws inspiration from so many sources which is something you all can do as well many times we think life is so mundane We think what we're going through is basically what everyone else is going through. And there's nothing unique to that experience. But if you really know how to translate your experience into meaningful stories or (laughs) parables, if you will, I think you'd be surprised by the amount of impact you can make. So that's what today's episode is about. He's releasing another book, and I hope you all get it. The link to the book will be in the show notes. But just give my man some support, and find yourself in a story. Maybe you'll be able to find some sort of inspiration yourself. Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today we have a repeat guest, Jordan Gross. Now, he's a best-selling author. Last time he came here, we were talking about uh, his other book, The Journey to Cloud Nine. Now, we're going to be talking about what happens in Tomorrow world which is coming out, well, by the time you hear this episode, the book will be out. So make sure you are checking the show notes to purchase your links. But, you know, Jordan is a best-selling author, as I've said, but also a TEDx speaker. He's not yet typical business author. He writes business fables. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't just sit in a fancy corner office in Fifth Avenue while thumbing through contracts that should have been made digital years ago. Instead, he spends his days networking with his colleagues on LinkedIn, exploring the corporate benefits of TikTok, which we'll discuss, and writing business parables aimed at helping the next generation through the uncertainty brought on by COVID-19. Welcome, brother.
2: What's up, my friend? It's so great to be back. How are you? I know we just chatted a little bit, but uh, what's been going on? You know, the world has changed since we last
1: (laughs) I know, I I know. I think we recorded right before, it was the month before uh, the pandemic became official in the United States. And so, you know, little did we know. But, you know, with uncertainty, which we'll be talking about, comes new opportunities for growth. And uh, I feel like I've been working through that and also learning a lot about my traumas, which is also a good self-awareness exercise
2: yeah absolutely you know and i'm i'm in social work school becoming a therapist right now so you know if you ever want to chat about that too we we can do we can do that <laughs> off the air <laughs> well
1: you know what let's, let's, let's actually use that to parlay into the, the, the first topic because yeah your, your book is largely about uncertainty right and yes. it's been a little over a year since we last talked and interviewed i want to know what your thoughts are on embracing uncertainty in all parts of life
2: mm. Big question. We'll we'll go off on tangents here. But basically, like you said, we talked a year ago about the last book, which was about purpose and meaning and fulfillment. And basically right when COVID hit, I stopped everything related to that marketing wise, talking about it, because I just I didn't feel like it was right to talk about anything except what was going on and talk to people about the current challenges they were facing and just overcoming the keywords that we were hearing all over the news and from friends and family, uncertainty, unprecedented times. Um, so I wanted to write something that was relatable. So what I ended up doing is I wrote the first draft of this, what happens in Tomorrow World in the first four days of my quarantine in New York. So I just started writing, I ended up doing a parable. And it's a funny story, because as I sat down to write, I thought, what kind of creative story can I write here? What can I share? And I got a call from my grandma. My grandma calls and she's all, oh my goodness, are you okay? How's it going? We'll get through this, like cheering me on. Like, don't worry, hang in there. Just being really optimistic. Hang up the phone. I get a call from my other grandma. She calls and she's all, The world is going to end this is terrible i can't believe this is happening to us so much uncertainty this pandemic it's terrible so many people are losing their lives and she hangs up the phone and i say that's really really fascinating two grandmas right same my family two totally distinct responses to uncertainty so I thought about my grandpas who passed away and and what would they be saying right now? How would they be giving me guiding words, words of wisdom to either embrace or worry about the uncertainty, either the same or differently than my grandmas were. And I, I thought about when I was younger, you know, like they always used to bicker about the weather <laughs> and my grand, one of my grandpas, um, he'd kind of be like why is everybody talking about the weather like it's just the weather let it be He was very chill indifferent you know in regard to the weather which is such an uncertain event we have no idea what the weather's going to be and then my other grandfather was more stoic he was more so we don't know what the weather is going to be it could be hot it could be cold rainy sunny whatever we don't control that but what we can control is what we do no matter what the weather is, we can still have a great day, right? So I, start, I thought of those four responses to uncertainty. And I started asking people how they respond to uncertainty. And I did a literature review of some academic articles. And I kind of came up with these four distinct types of mindsets in regard to uncertainty. So it was that optimistic, one of my grandma's style, it was the other grandma pessimistic, you know, like a realist and and sticking to truth and numbers and and all the chaos that's going on. Um, it was a chill or indifferent, you know, it is it is what it is kind of personality. And it is that more sage wisdom like approach that one of my other grandfathers had. Um, that is the stoic sort of, uh, understanding of uncertainty. So that's the book I wrote. I ended up using those four characters. They're called Opti, Pessy, Sage, and Chill. And I turned it into a fable, a modern day fable, which is if you can see there's a crane game on the cover Uh, and the crane like represents the pandemic or coronavirus, and it's coming to take them, these four toys, in the crane game out of their safe world and into tomorrow world the uncertainty of what tomorrow brings them so long story short to answer your question i when it comes to uncertainty and embracing it there are these four different mindsets that we all have when it comes to uncertainty And basically the book helps us navigate which mindsets are going to be beneficial, which ones are going to be detrimental, when to use each mindset through the lens of this story. But I will tell you the spoiler ultimate message is that when it comes to unparalleled, unprecedented events of uncertainty, such as the pandemic, right, love, hope, faith, supporting one another, That's what you have to do. You know, the only response is probably not pessimism because that just expedites the problems and makes people a little bit more uh, nervous, but love, faith, camaraderie, togetherness, hope, those are the responses to uncertainty when they just totally upend our world.
1: I, I love that. I'm you know, i obsessed with fables. I even have a framework called Fable that I use for my clients when I'm doing personal. Oh, things. shoot, do you? Yeah, yeah. I was like, the F is finding and unmasking your, yourself and the A is attaching your expertise to a world problem. B is building community. L is leveraging your audience and then E is expanding even more. And so oh, wow. I, I was like, I need to make Fable a framework because I love fables. I've always been into this idea of finding your personal legend. We discussed my session with the the alchemist last time but i do think parables exist all around us so i when when you're saying i didn't even know that was a term business parable business fable until you said it so
2: yeah um it's interesting because what are what are your favorite fables
1: well i mean i I grew up Christian, so a lot of them were were in the in the bible yeah Uh, the the prodigal son Mm -hmm. uh, you know uh, and uh, which one was it the turning water into wine uh Uh, and and all these ones usually jesus would tell in the new testament because jesus used to teach using parable uh parables and there were so many especially uh you know when he was close to his death and it was always interesting for me because you know you go to sunday school and you're like (laughs) at least I i used to go to so much church and i went to all this school and i just was like ah I don't know if I want to continue going because I was, you know, I was a kid. I was it was just really I had a low attention span. But those would always keep me, you know, up. And then, you know, every time I, I got in trouble, my mom and dad would say, Remember, remember what happened to this? Yeah. <laughs> if you're especially if I was doing
2: something greedy, you'd be like,
1: remember the prodigal son.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, but you know what? Your story is, is so fun and so awesome, but it it's so poignant because you just mentioned you were a kid and and you're bored in Sunday school, but the second you heard a story, right? The, the, the fable, that's when it, it was able to persuade you to pay attention. It drew you in, right? You had an emotional appeal to the characters, to the plot. Right. And it basically what I see. So my whole, my whole thing is personal development through creative storytelling. My whole thing is that if you, teach through stories as opposed to prescriptive advice you have to do this you have to do that you give the learner who is you as a kid the opportunity to make their own decisions to make their own ultimate assessment of whatever it is you're trying to teach them and that gives them a really great chance of the the autonomy to succeed on their own and really uh learn for themselves
1: No, i agree and first of all i think that's that's great that that phrase personal development through storytelling you say that that's that's that seems to be a mission or a goal of yours what were some things you learned about yourself well how did you develop yourself through stories because you you you've also gone through the pandemic you you're you know in in school now as well but you're a consultant of sorts you're a speaker you're a writer I imagine you've come across several intersections uh, in the last year of uncertainty living in New York City so what are things you've learned about yourself personally through discovering and uncovering different
2: stories? So what I've learned about myself, I'll talk about through the lens of stories in general. Mm -hmm. um, And then this particular story uh, stories in general, what I've learned about myself is that my, my life has to have an element of fun and adventure to it. Mm -hmm. That's why I think I'm so attached to the stories because I I've, think of my whole life as a story where I'm a grandpa with my grandkids on my lap, rocking back and forth in a rocking chair. And I'm telling them this nonlinear zigzag, exciting story, and I want to hold their attention. Right. So that's, that's how I view my life. That's what I've learned about myself. Um, and then when it comes to this book and how I navigate uncertainty through my story and, and the stories I was hearing of others is that, I am sometimes too optimistic. And you'll see in the book that that does exist, right? There could be like toxic positivity or sort of unrealistic optimism. And especially when it comes to the pandemic, if you're just a cheerleader, like everything's going to be fine, everything is going to be okay. People who are pessy or pessimistic, that might not land well with them, right? right? So that's why as I learned more about my own responses to uncertainty and the world, I found that the more sage approach is a more accurate definition of being optimistic, which is sort of like, we can't control what's going to happen. What happens will happen, but we can make a plan. We can push through it in the future. We can do what we can to, to make it better. So that, i've tried my best to lean into more um so yeah i I think that's really important is to that was a great finding for me was that optimism you know glass half full is not always the right answer you know
1: so i've got to share something so i I know obviously by the time someone's looking at my story instagram stories it's going to be long gone but i might share today was toxic positivity versus genuine optimism and it wasn't um something I knew we were gonna discuss. It was uh, was written by this, the handle's called Crazy Head Comics. But it's the same thing. Toxic Positivity says being negative won't help you. Good vibes only, you get over it. Other people have it worse. Smiling and crying won't help, just stay positive. And then the genuine optimism is, it's important to let it out. Is there anything I can do to make it easier for you? I love you through all your emotional uh, states. You're so resilient and your strength will get you through this. You're not alone. There's support to help you. It's okay to cry. We we all do. I get you. I'll get you a tissue. All these things where it's acknowledging the situation and then saying feel those emotions. And if if I can even share the biggest thing that I learned in the last year, and I've always thought that I've been a, an emotional person, was I found out that I myself, you know, was suppressing a lot of my anger. All right, um, and it was important for me to feel that anger in in its fullness and understand what I needed to learn from that. So. Yeah, even as an optimist, there's something there to be said. But you know, I always describe myself as an angry optimist, so I need to feel the anger as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, that's beautifully said. Yeah, that's all beautifully said. I I could not agree more. An angry optimist is funny.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I got it from uh, son Minaj, the the comedian. You know, I was listening to him. Oh, okay. His, uh, you know shows there's an interview and he was like you know i'm an angry optimist and i was like yeah, that is that is exactly who i am uh you know because i feel like those two emotions are often uh you know pitted as the opposite but you know you can use that to fuel
2: yeah um, wow that's great i great. love
1: that well speaking of passions and emotions you are one that has been able to turn your passion into sustainable business opportunities i know especially now in times of uncertainty People are wondering the same exact thing. What can I do right now that I'm getting reacquainted with my passions, and how can I turn that into sustainable business opportunities? What would you say to this people who are curious about that?
2: So, Tyo, can you hear me? Yes, yes. Okay, you can hear me. Okay, so
0: yes, that that is
2: the the million dollar question. Is you're you're getting. Uncomfortable. You're getting more acquainted with uncertainty, and you have your mindset down. Maybe you're opti, or you're sage, or you're chill when it comes to uncertainty. So, my work is also largely inspired by Dr. Spencer Johnson, who wrote a little book called Who Moved My Cheese. Mm. And Who Moved My Cheese is another short parable, which is about navigating change, and it's about the behavioral adaptations to when change occurs so in in his parable there are mice running through a maze and one of the mice in the maze is called sniff one is scurry one is hem and one is haw so when you are considering change you can be like sniff which means you sniff out the change and you understand that uncertainty isn't inevitable and you go after it right away and that's all well and good You could be like Scurry, where you run toward it, and again, you embrace the change. And then you could also be like Hem and Ha, where you're sort of on the fence, you're ambivalent, but in the parable, um, Hem ultimately decides not to embrace the change and doesn't get the cheese, right? So it doesn't eat the cheese, and ultimately it fails. Ha decides to finally embrace the change and go after what he desires, which is that meal of the cheese. Right. So all of this is to say that behavioral change, uh, sorry, behavior during change is vital and crucial because what you have to do is ultimately understand that there is going like the, my favorite line from who moved my cheese is that the, the future can be just as much positive as it can be negative. So understanding that if you create something in the future or you're going to create something in the future, there's an opportunity for it to succeed. And having that mindset that no matter what happens, you can ultimately push through and and figure it out and adapt and trial and error and experiment. Um, So that's really cool. And then especially when it comes to right now in the world that we're living in, I think it's a great opportunity for experimentation, too. To just sort of go after your passion project, your creative endeavor, while you do have this time at home or wherever it is that you are, um, and embrace that sort of embracing the uncertainty and the change.
1: Just wanted to stop by here before we get back to the episode. I wanted to let you all know that I do have a collective for people who are interested in developing their cultural competency skills, becoming more anti-racist, and it's a resource of things that you can do with your family, with your school, with yourself, to work through your individual journey to become a better culturally competent leader. It's called UID Collective, and the link is in the show notes, but it's a mix of courses, it's a mix of resources, things you can download. And all you need to do is sign up as a member. It's a monthly membership. I'd love for you to check it out. Use it with your friends. Use it with your family. Use it with yourself. Okay? The link is in the show notes. It's called UID Collective. And it's for those of you that want to improve your cultural competency skills. Back to the episode. Wow. I need to read that book. I haven't read that book. But... uh, Oh, it's a good one. Sounds good. Good. So you're saying that each of us have an internal uh, discussion that we need to have. But we need to make that decision uh you know about our passions and you know whether it's time for us to make that leap in terms of i guess turning that into sustainable business opportunities
2: sorry ty can you repeat that one more time Uh, my internet's a little shaky i know i
1: I, I can't see you now Um, okay um so i was saying you so you're you're saying that there's an internal dialogue that needs to occur uh for, for us to to determine what you know we want to do with our passions Uh, and at least that's what I think I'm, I'm getting what you're saying.
2: Nope. Yeah. Can you hear me?
1: (laughs) I can hear you now.
2: Okay. I don't know what's going on.
1: (laughs) Um, can you hear, can you hear, did you hear the last question I said? I
2: did not No.
1: I'll try again. I'll try again. So, okay. So you're saying there's an internal dialogue that needs to occur for us to have when it comes to our passions. Absolutely. So I want to press a little bit then, because, you know, yes, that dialogue occurs. How do we turn that into opportunities, though? Because if I don't know, if we're looking at let's say we look at the world now, not everyone can go out because of COVID. Not everybody can travel the same way. You know, maybe some opportunities were lost and some opportunities were gained. What, what are just those things that people can do within themselves to, you know, create opportunities for themselves, opportunities for growth, you know, collaboration and, and things of that sort so that they can really launch uh, despite uh, the circumstances that exist currently?
2: So, Ty, I I think one thing just to to clarify for me, this is a different perspective that I like to share. Mm -hmm. I think that opportunity precedes passion. Mm -hmm. I think you develop a passion from the opportunities you pursue and the experiences you take on, the risks you take, the businesses you try to start, the uh, books you try to write. So I think that passion actually comes from taking on the opportunities and just implementing a plan and going ahead and doing. So that's how I'll start that. But how I'll finish to answer your question directly is to say that, especially now as, as, and you know, we're here on the digital, no bad show uh, the online world is so cool to be in, right? You have the chance to grow on social media. If you're a storyteller, you have the chance to try YouTube, TikTok. Twitter, um, so many different things, right? And by, like I said, by taking on these opportunities, you're going to be able to better understand what you actually are passionate about by how your body responds to whatever it is that you're doing, right? If you realize that you're going after Twitter and every time you open up Twitter, you have this drop in your stomach, like, oh, I don't want to be on Twitter today then you understand that Twitter is probably not where your passion project should be directed toward. So that, but conversely, if you open up LinkedIn and you say, Oh my goodness, I can't wait to read what my friends are posting on LinkedIn. And there's such a great community there. And I want to post my own video on LinkedIn. Then you can also understand that that is probably where your opportunities are leading to. And that's more so where your passion should be directed.
1: that makes sense? No, it makes sense, and I, I, I like that reframe. It's something I hadn't really thought of like that. The you know, opportunity for you know, pursue passion. That's that's, wow. mm-hmm. that's pretty. Yeah,
2: cool. yeah.
1: One of those worlds for me that I discovered uh, was TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty active on TikTok, but in reading your bio, I, I also saw that you like studying the business aspects of TikTok. What what did you mean by that?
2: Um, I was just doing a little bit of research, and and but I, I kind of. I did not decide to pursue TikTok personally. Mm. Um so I actually was just trying to understand how like the for me the elements of storytelling could come into TikTok, right? Because I see storytelling as a means of expression and TikTok is all about expression. So I thought that there was going to be a logical parallel between expressing yourself on TikTok through videos and Creating your story and your some your persona, um, I I never I never really tested it out. I I stayed off TikTok, but I did you a little bit of off
1: TikTok, Jordan.
2: <laughs> yeah, I stayed off. I like to keep it. I like to keep it at you know only one or two platforms at a time, and my mine are LinkedIn and Medium.
1: You know, this goes to what you were saying earlier. If if, if it gives you a pin in your stomach, maybe don't do it. And then if it lights you up, do it. And for some people, I imagine, you know, I, I enjoy TikTok, for example, because of that expression. And then for others, understanding who you are, which is the opportunities and the passions, um, you then need to also understand your medium of choice, pun intended, medium. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that is so interesting, okay. Um, yeah. One of the, th- the reasons I, I, the other reason I brought up the TikTok and I imagine other platforms that emerge from this, it was when people are shut down or people are you know locked down i guess is the right term and you, you're basically at home for most of the you know the year yeah you, you turn to you left to your own devices and you become creative now right some people, yeah some people either found comedy dances or other creative yeah. entrepreneur, entrepreneurship uh, pursuits but do you think there's a correlation with having to sit with yourself and 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 look at what it is that you want when up to when traditional opportunities are taken from you, you feel like there's a correlation with that solitude and opportunity?
2: I absolutely do. I will caveat that with people who are comfortable with the self-introspection and have the self-awareness to turn it into an opportunity. Uh, So I think it could absolutely be a breeding ground for creative endeavors. Like I think when the pandemic started, there were articles about how like some of the world's greatest inventions were made during the Spanish flu or like the Renaissance came right after the, the plague hit Europe. Right. So there were opportunities to start these projects that were long lasting and and evergreen. Mm. Um, But it does take the right people. It takes the right understanding of self to say, okay, I am going to, you know, use my optimistic mindset to, embrace the change and do at home workouts that are going to make me, you know, cut five, uh, five pounds of, of muscle, right. Five pounds of fat to, to put on muscle. Um, so yeah, there, they, it takes the right person, the right mindset, the right research. Love
1: that. Okay. We are talking to Jordan Gross, the author of, you know, uh, this upcoming book, which is called, it's just called what happens in tomorrow world. You've shared a little bit about what happens in Tomorrow World. What is Tomorrow World?
2: So Tomorrow World, in the book specifically, Tomorrow World is an arcade. And it is an arcade that the toys within the crane game live in, but they've never actually seen the arcade. They've never been outside of the crane game. So Tomorrow World represents uncertainty, but from a more life perspective, tomorrow world is tomorrow, right? It is the future. It is what we inevitably hope to have, but don't necessarily know if we're going to get a chance to see. Mm-hmm. So what happens in tomorrow world? Tomorrow world is the overarching concept of uncertainty and uh, how, we, how we navigate it is up to us.
1: Uh, yes, guess you have such a creative mind.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I, mean, I was thinking of, uh, I don't know if you've seen wreck Rolf. Um uh, I
2: haven't actually, but I heard that was like a similar one. I, so my two, or I, basically people ask me how I thought of this book. And I say it, it is a accumulation of all of the movies I've seen, songs I've listened to, videos I've watched, like books I've read so many different things. But the two that I was kind of thinking of was Toy Story with the claw. Oh. the claw is very relevant in toy story. And then, um, this is a, like a raunchier one, but sausage party <laughs> is, yeah. And, and by the way, the book is not raunchy by any means, but <laughs> just the fact that they had their own personas and they were, you know, trying to escape yeah. into a faraway land, um, you know, which I think in Sausage party, that was like the parking lot or something. Oh. Uh, yeah Yeah, so it's got that those uh combinations
1: those influences if you will yeah yeah okay well so how can people get the book where where can people buy it? how can they connect with you
2: yeah so the book is available everywhere um preferably on amazon i think is the best place to get it um but just connecting with me is really easy i like to keep this simple i answer every message on linkedin so just hit me up, Jordan Gross on LinkedIn. I would love to chat more. Um, and I hope I hope you enjoy the book. I've got a ton of free resources if you want to check out, you know, trailers to the book or just being involved in my newsletter and stuff. It's not really a newsletter. I just send stories every once in a while. Um, but being part of my, that mailing list, uh, I can send you a bunch of stuff for people to get for free. Everything is free except the book, of course. Now and before we
1: go, I have to ask you the same question I asked you last time. I don't know if the answer has changed, but how do you use your difference to make a difference, Jordan?
2: Oh my goodness, that <laughs> I just I told you before we got on how much I've been using that phrase in school and in writing and whatnot. I think it's the essence of entrepreneurship. I think it it is the essence of creating something that you have full control over, right? Something that Stands out about you that you can turn into a project, a passion, a hobby, whatever it is. And the more I understand, like, I'm really going off on a therapy tangent here, but the more I understand mental health and anxiety and depression um, and attachment, the more I realize that having something that is yours, that you own, that you can call your own is such a remedy to anxiety. Because the second, you know, if you don't have a passion project, and you just have this one job, and that one job gets taken away from you, your whole world comes crumbling down. So if you can use your difference to make a difference, if you if you have something that is different about you that you use to, for yourself to help others, then you will basically never have the feeling of um, your world coming crippling down because something was taken away from you. Because if, if you can control this one thing that makes you different, then that is, you know, that's the essence of uh, having a beautiful, beautiful passion project.
1: Love that. Yes, you know, you uh, use your difference to make a difference. This is as much about diversity, equity, inclusion as it is about uh, self-awareness and embracing all aspects of what makes you unique. So, you know, understanding that, that core, uh, yeah, you are so key. So, so. Yeah, we'll make sure to put awesome. everything in the show notes for Jordan Gross's book. But you know, this is Jordan's second time, as you can tell from the episode. He's a storyteller, passionate storyteller, he uses storytellers uh, for personal development. The book is called What Happens in Tomorrow World. You know, it's a story of Opti Pessi chill and sage hope i'm saying that right got <laughs> uh, it you got it and 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 uh you know it's a taken how to uh navigate uncertainty so make sure i put that in the show notes thank you brother for coming on the show
2: thank you so much for having me on it pleasure was great. Of mine. <laughs>
1: well kings queens and royalty Till next time use the difference